Welcome everyone to episode 23 of the Paper Cuts podcast. I'm Dean. Are are you sure? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. After the snow yesterday, I'm kind of contemplating what the fuck happened. So there was a blizzard in the the northern east area of the United States and it sucked. Uh and it was it was out of nowhere. Yeah. It was like, eh, it's going to snow a little bit today. Oh, fuck, I can't go anywhere. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. My uh, my dad was like, oh, yeah, be careful uh, driving home. Uh, it's going to snow. And I was like, yeah, all right, fine. Yeah, no, no problem. No, what he meant was get the sled out. You're going to need the dogs. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Uh, Evan's not going to be with us today. Unfortunately, he got hit with the snow a little bit harder than uh, we did, and he's out of commission. So it's just me and Dan. Uh, it's all good, though. We try to keep you guys entertained as much as possible, and we got some books to talk about. So, with that, Dan, why don't you start, out? Why don't you start us off? You read some stuff. <laughs> I did. I did read some stuff. Surprisingly enough, the uh, the two books that I was most excited about this week, and I I mean, I don't know that I should be surprised, but the, the main two books that I want to talk about are Batgirl and Silk, two books right, starring... So- the first one that I'll talk about which is, is not Batgirl 39, what I read, written by Cameron Stewart and over Brendan the last Fletcher, weeks, like and with, the art was done by Babs Tar. This is the uh, the team of that things, took like, over uh, and Queens. revamped Batgirl more more into the new, funkier, cooler, hipper Batgirl. Well, I, I, I mean, you do live with three women. Like there's, I do. It's just like a whole bunch of shit. Maybe that's it. Online about let's go with that. That the makes way sense. That they to were me. revamping the character, right, well, and Batgirl it's not thirty nine Gordon anymore, and uh, it's not Oracle, which and it's was just not written true, by blah, 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 that you know. Give me a second. That you usually find just had it pulled up, Take and I time, think this keep... issue may quell some of that uh, complaining, and and may be enough to get some people back into it. Like the book, I think the book has been really good since since the new creative team took over. I mean, Gail Simone did, did an awesome job on, on Batgirl before, but it was just female Batman. Like it's good, but there was nothing different about it. There was nothing special or fun. You know what I mean? It's a solid book. The art was solid. The writing was solid. But when this new creative team took over, Barbara Gordon, all of a sudden was a very, very different person. Right. She, you know, in college, she's living with roommates. She's moving to a new place. There's there's just there was a lot of fun and like lightheartedness injected into the book, all with this kind of undercurrent of there's something going on. There's something kind of buried here that we're not talking about. And we're going to get to it eventually. Issue 39 is where we get to it eventually. See, Barbara had entered a doctoral program based on a thesis that she had submitted to a professor that deals with basically a, a brain algorithm. And again, there, you know, just like every episode that we do spoilers, if you haven't read your books yet, because there's a pretty big thing at the end of this issue. And if you don't want it spoiled, stop listening, go read, then come back. Um, she has this, this brain algorithm that she submitted and she's living in a place called Burnside. Now Burnside is full of, a lot of tech companies and a lot of startups and that sort of thing. And as this issue in particular is going on, she's starting to like to realize that she's feeling like she's forgetting things. She's feeling like like the city is against her, like this one app in particular 
like there's a panel that shows up where it's got Barbara Gordon's face and it says, you know, citizens of Burnside, $20 million reward for capturing Batgirl. And she's just kind of like, what the fuck is going on, man? Like, I'm, I'm trying to be helpful. I'm trying to be a good person, be a crime fighter. And the city is turning against me. It like, she's just, she's very confused as, as she's going throughout the issue here. There's some, some really nice moments with her and uh, Black Canary with Dinah. They were former roommates. Dinah had moved out. She's the lead singer of a band as well as a crime fighter. Cause you know, like I said, it's kind of weird and funky and lighthearted and whatever, but they have been kind of on the outs over the last couple of issues. They, they haven't been friends anymore. Dinah moved out. Batgirl's kind of been on her own. Um, and she's really, really like sad and broken up about it. Cause they're the birds of prey. They're, they're like best friends. And there's one really nice scene and it sounds kind of ridiculous, but there's one really nice emotional scene of Barbara in full Batgirl costume, sitting up on a rooftop, tearfully deleting Dinah's contact information from her cell phone. And like, it, it was just, it was kind of heartbreaking, you know, to, to see, to see that go. It's like, but no, but they, they have to be friends. Well, that's, I, that, that's the thing. Dan, not everyone can be best friends like us. Well, I know, but yeah, I, I mean, I would sit on a rooftop and if I had to, delete your information i think i would be crying too me too me too (laughs) you know so so all that's going on and and there's what really kind of takes the issue into the the final act of as it were is their batgirl is up she deletes black canary's information from the phone and she hears a lady yelling from like an alleyway help me help me right so she jumps down being the crime fighter that she is she jumps down to save the girl, and it turns out that it was a ruse to get Batgirl in there, right? They they were trying to trap her so that they could turn her in for the $20 million reward. So they're all turning on her. They're beating the shit out of her. Black Canary shows up. They start talking about, you know, we've got to get to the bottom of this. We've got to figure this out. This is the building that we have to go to. Our, you know, Batgirl's roommate has been taken captive by this by this dude. We have to go find her. Batgirl rides her, her motorcycle up the side of a building, goes into this, this room where there's a ton of computers, and her roommate, this girl named Frankie, is sitting there looking at footage, and on the computer monitors, there is the scene from The Killing Joke, where Joker is shot Barbara, and she's laying there. And then there's another scene of her putting on a mask, and you know she turns to Barbara and says, you know, you're Batgirl? And, and she says, yes, I am. And then a voice pops up off the side and says, no, you're not. And it cuts to a computer screen of Oracle in the computer. Stop, no, 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 (laughs) no, no, you're making things confusing, Dan. I don't know. I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want to live in this world anymore. (laughs) They're confusing things. I know, but it was really good because it pops up and it's got Oracle there. And the Oracle on the computer is talking to Barbara and she says, you're not the real bad girl. I am right. Basically. And then cliffhanger read secret origins, number 10, and then come back for Batgirl number 40 and that sort of thing. But it was just kind of cool. Like apparently Batgirl has developed this algorithm and is fighting herself. It seems, or maybe not. I have no idea where they're going, and I like that about it. Yeah, because I, I mean, I 
obviously now, you know, it's no surprise to anyone. They're getting rid of the new 52, and they said they were making a bunch of these... They're not old books, but they're kind of re-releasing older stories um, about these things. So it's sort of weird where this is going to fall once the the new 52 logo is gone and they re-release a fuck ton of books. And I this is... This is weird, man. This is weird because you can't... The Killing Joke stuff was sort of all retconned, wasn't it? Uh, it it happened, but... I mean, And that's been the whole problem with the New 52 this whole time, was that it was not a hard reboot, it was a soft reboot. And some of the things happened, and some of the things did not. And it just... I mean, for me, as a, as a long-time reader of comics... I felt it was very confusing trying to piece together, like, okay, these guys have been heroes for five years, so within that five years, Batgirl has been shot by the Joker, Superman has died, all the Blackest Night stuff with Green Lantern has happened, but some of these other things didn't happen. And, like, it just, for me, it was a lot more confusing. And I've, I've talked to some of my friends who are, who are newer readers. Um, I was talking to my friend Chris, uh, not Randazzo, because F that guy. Um, but my other friend, Chris, a couple weeks ago, and he said, you know, he kind of liked that the new 52 kind of had all of this stuff going on. Cause it, it felt more like it was easier for him to get into everything without having known all the backstory. Like he doesn't know that there is stuff missing and stuff still that like, he's not, he's not getting confused by it. Cause he didn't know it previously. I got you. And I mean, it was cool. They tried bringing back some older titles that haven't been around for a while, like Dial H, Swamp mm-hmm. Thing, Animal Man. Those are those are all cool books that, you know, they kind of were like, well, let's give it a shot. See if anyone picks up on it. And Swamp Thing had a pretty uh, pretty good run till after Route World, and then it didn't have a good run. But yeah, <laughs> whatever. That's yeah. cool. That's not what we're talking about. But Bat- Batgirl's worth the read? Uh, yeah, I definitely think so. I, I'm... Like I said, I have no idea where they're going, and the reason that this time I like that I don't know where they're going is because there is an actual mystery here to figure out. It's not It's not like so many of the books that we read where we go, I don't know where this is going because they didn't do anything, you know? Like, I don't know where this is going because I don't think they know where it's going either. This is, I don't know where it's going because the story is good and the mystery is good and I'm excited to find it out. Okay. All right. Cool. So, Batman. Ba- uh, Batman. No, fuck you, Batman. It's all about Batgirl <laughs> this right. week. Two thumbs That's up for right. Batman. Bat, Bat, yeah. Batgirl. <laughs> fuck. Damn it. I mean, no, the Batman book is good too, but you know that goes without saying. It's it's like does the Pope shit in the woods? Yeah, it's Scott Snyder. We suck your dick enough. So, Batgirl. Two <laughs> thumbs up. Big fan of the show, Scott Snyder, and blowjobs. Um, big fan uh, of the show, blowjobs. Is- this episode has gotten blue really quickly. Yes. Jesus. Anyway, so, so moving on. Uh, so yeah, Batgirl 39, pick it up. Moving on, Silk number one uh, from Marvel, written by Robbie Thompson with art by uh, Dave Johnson, I believe. No. Uh, Stacy Lee? I don't know. There's a bunch of, there's a bunch of people on. Yeah. Stacy Lee did the interiors. Dave Johnson did the cover. Um, comes out of this, the most recent uh, Spider-Man event at Marvel, Spider-Verse. Silk was, 
this really interesting to me anyway uh retcon character that they put in where she the character's name is Cindy Moon she was there uh when Peter Parker got bit by the spider at the science demonstration she also got bit by the spider same one so she's got the same power she's female spider-man and she had spent the last 10 years living in a bunker because ezekiel the kind of really weird overlord of the spider characters uh convinced her to stay in this bunker in new york city and and not come out and fight because Morloon was going to kill all the spider characters. He knew it was coming. He was trying to protect her. So he put her in this basically uh, completely senses-dampening bunker in this big building. And, and all she did was, like, train and, and watch TV for 10 years. S- Spider-Verse comes around. She gets out. She becomes a hero. Her and Peter have a thing for a little bit. Like, it was it was kind of weird. It, it seemed like a throwaway. But they kind of have a thing. Now they don't have a thing. And she is just kind of on her own. And there were a lot of similarities uh, to Batgirl, like, while reading this book. The art styles were very similar. There was a lot of the quirky, um, awkward girl moments in, in the writing. And Silk also in college, like living with roommates, um, working at the daily bugle. Like she, she's got her job. She is fighting this guy, uh, that she calls Mr. Pokemon man. Um, because he looks like a fucking Pokemon. It's kind of ridiculous. And basically is making fun of him the whole time and, and trying to, she's got this nice little internal monologue going on of like, you know, this is hard. I need to work on my jokes. You know, my jokes aren't nearly as funny. I need to quip more. Um, so, like, the, this issue is just basically a lot of setup, right? It, it, which was nice because it, it took into account the fact that I guess they're figuring if you're picking up Silk Number 1, you probably read some of the Spider-Verse stuff. So they didn't go so far into the past where they just, like, kind of hit you over the head with exposition. They, they jump into the story they give you some of the background stuff that's necessary, and then you just kind of start moving on. She's working for the Daily Bugle. She Jonah is calling her analog because she's she's been in a bunker for 10 years. She doesn't even know like what Twitter is. So she's got a pen and paper, and he's like, analog, I like it, pen and paper. Get me a story, or you're fired. It's like, oh, but dude, I just, I just got this job. I need this job. She gets the job there because she wants to find out what happened to her parents and her brother which then flashes back to a scene of her, like an angsty teenager telling her mom that she hates her. And we don't kind of know what happened after that. Like she went into this bunker and who knows what happened to her parents. That's kind of going to be the driving thing of this series. There's a couple nice scenes where she's talking to Spider-Man of like, how the hell do you do this? I've got my spider senses are just going crazy all the time. How do you shut the city out. It, it kind of harkens back to like some of the early Spider-Man issues and early Daredevil stuff of when you have these characters with these kind of heightened senses, how would you shut out New York City? It is a very loud fucking city most of the time. So, you know, kind of how do you shut that out? And, and Peter's response is, yes, it's loud. Yes, it's, you know, noisy and violent and all this crazy stuff. Uh, but it also has the best pizza in the world. So, you know, it's all about balance. 
she kind of takes that and is just like, okay, thanks for nothing, kind of. Goes back to her apartment and moves out and moves back into her bunker because at least, she says, at least in here, it's quiet. So she can start focusing. And the last panel, or the last page anyway, is her tacking up all these pictures of her family and leads and, and kind of the way that they that you've seen it done in movies where detectives are piecing things together and they've got strings going from picture to picture and all that different sort of shit. She's got everything kind of webbed up and, and kind of strands going between all the different pictures. And I dug it. I liked it. It wasn't the best first issue that I've ever read, but there's enough there to, to keep reading it. You know, the, the artwork's really good. The writing was, was pretty funny. I, I'm curious to see if she can find her parents or what happened. I, I think she's an interesting character. It's kind of nice to give her the Captain America treatment of a person frozen in time sort of thing. Like, if you think about what would have happened over the last 10 years if you just had not existed in the world and kind of, you know, look at where we were in 2005 versus where we are now in 2015... A lot of shit has happened in those 10 years. So that, that idea of just being, I don't know what Twitter is. I don't know what an iPhone is. You know, that to me, that's, that's sort of interesting. I, I think this is probably going to make it, if I had to guess, 18 issues or so before it gets canceled. Because uh, that just seems to be the way that these sort of books go. But I think it'll be a, a pretty good run. Too many spider books, bro. Spider this, spider that, spider pig, spider man, spider horse, spider oatmeal, spiders everywhere. <laughs> Don't need that many spiders. There, I see this is... There are a lot of spider yeah, books. Yeah, this, this is... A, it's a cool book. I get it. You know, you want kind of like you, you said, it's like Batgirl except Spider-Man. I got it. That's cool. Yeah. But there's just so many other fucking spider things. And let's not forget that not too long ago... They killed off Peter Parker, and it was fucking Doc Ock for a while, and it was Superior Spider-Man. It was a whole nother take. They really need to calm yeah. down with the Spider-Man stuff. It's, it's too much well, shit. Well, yeah. I mean, this book will get a decent shot. The guy who's writing it, Robbie Thompson, um, is one of the writers for Supernatural, and while that is not a show that I watch, I understand that Supernatural is a pretty, pretty damn popular show. I love that show. Do you? Okay. So, I, yeah, like, I feel like I'm the one who doesn't watch it. This should get a decent run because of that, though. Eh, I mean, all right. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I don't put much credence in anything just because, you know, they had success at something else. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see, you know. Um, I, yeah, no, I just mean they usually don't, like, bring a writer in oh, from a popular right, TV show and then go, Wow, you got three issues and it didn't sell. Fuck you, it's done. Correct. You yeah, know, they that, usually that give it a while. Yeah. No, I, I, I so, see what you mean. Uh, so, But no, I mean, I, I definitely think it was worth picking up. You know, it's it was good. It wasn't great, but it was good. Okay, all right. So that's like a half a thumb up. Maybe if like I cut your thumb off and it's like just a nub. One nub up. <laughs> yeah, it's one nub up. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Dean? Well, uh, we got some fun stuff. So we're going to follow our um, our adventures into the multiverse, just uh, like we've been doing, and uh, we're going to keep being groupies for Grant Morrison because 
the, mm-hmm. the man just does no wrong. And I don't want to be like, listen, man, you need to stop being so good at your job because, no, fuck that. All the other stuff that I've read doesn't make any sense. This, at least it makes sense, and it's good, and I love you, Morrison. Don't stop doing what you're doing. So this one's called Multiversity Mastermen, and this is basically the universe where if Superman was found by Hitler, what would have happened? And it is some really, like, trippy type of stuff going on, dude. Uh, first, first panel is a full page spread <laughs> of just Hitler sitting on the toilet, um, reading a Superman comic, I believe. And uh, man, is he straining to take a dump? I don't know if Hitler had <laughs> IBS or something, but uh, whew. it was it was not what I expected when I opened up to the first page. I was like, oh, there's uh, there's Adolf Hitler taking a shit reading a Superman comic. Yep. Yep. So ba- okay. basically, uh, <laughs> off we go. Yes, yes, off we go indeed. And from there, it, it really starts ramping up. Uh, the, his lieutenant or like aide comes in and is like, "Listen, there's some like heavy shit going on. You need to finish up, and we need to go see you know your your scientist." And he's like, "Why are you annoying me right now? This is my pooping time." And the guy's like, no, no, listen, this is really important. I know what you're doing and like you need to finish it up because, again, this is this is some really heavy shit going on. So he finishes up. They go into some sort of hangar and, you know, they, they're showing off this rocket ship and it's the Kryptonium rocket ship that Superman came in on. And, you know, the scientists are like, we're baffled about what this is made of. It's not made of any earthly metal. We can't dent it. We've we've tried melting it. We tried shooting at it. Uh, there's two scientists hitting it with a hammer, and it's not going anywhere at all. Um, so Hitler's like, okay, well, you know, who was the pilot of this thing? And down comes little itty bitty baby Superman. And he's just all, like, fucking staring at Hitler. And Hitler's got the Superman comic in one hand. And uh, the science is like, we tried everything, hurting the kid, too. Um, He's indestructible. So there's that. And Hitler's like, oh, my God. I I have my very own Superman. And... uh, The Ubermensch. Yes, yes. So... Fast forward, um, what I think it's like sixty years, uh, way after the yeah. war's done, uh, we have this. I guess I'd call it a utopian environment as far as Hitler's concerned, and it's a Nazi utopia. Yes, thank you. That's that's what I'm looking for. A Nazi utopia. It's not a utopia for any other person besides Hitler, uh, <laughs> or Nazis. <laughs> Unless you're a Nazi, then you'd be all about it. Yes. So, you know, there's a few panels of them tearing down the Lincoln Memorial, draping uh, the um, uh, the Washington Monument with like a Nazi um, banner and everything. And I, I mean, it's depressing. Yeah, that just if, if I may interject yeah, here for a moment, like of all the uh, of all the American iconography that was Nazified in this issue. That one got me the most, like looking at the Washington Monument, the the most phallic of the American monuments with a big Nazi swastika like emblazoned on the side and all painted red and black. I was like, oh, man, like that just fucking hurt. Like 
in my core, yeah. in my, you yeah. know, red, white, and blue core. And, I was just, yeah. oh. And, like, I, I think they say uh, right under that, that was the day Uncle Sam died. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, no, <laughs> that's terrible. And in this universe, it's basically the, uh, the whatever they're called, the Justice League. I, I can't remember the name they used. But um, it's, it's the Freedom Fighters, which is Uncle Sam, Human Bomb, few other people versus uh, basically the Nazified Justice League of America. And uh, I, some of the, they gave uh, Aquaman's my favorite. Unterwaterman is, is my- Unterwaterman. Yeah, that, that's my favorite, <laughs> absolute favorite. Uh, Batman's yeah, called uh, Leatherwing. Um, Wonder Woman is Brunhilde. Brunhilde, yes. So they have very, you know, German names. And uh, it, obviously it fits the setting, but- it's basically about uh, th- this entire issue is more or less about Superman's faltering ideals about Nazi uh, this Nazi regime that he helped bring in. He starts realizing that, you know, what he helped do was n- more or less just finish World War Two in Hitler's favor. So Jews are gone. Aryan race is in place. Um Hitler's a hero, and you know that's that everyone has this very brainwashed ideal of what happened. Like they don't realize that, you know, uh, all this terrible bloodshed was taken. The only person that remembers is Superman because he was actually there. He he noticed it all. Um, they also give a very interesting perspective. It's like Superman started this war, but he didn't necessarily. Um, he wasn't there at the end. I I guess. It's sort of following the same timeline as what happened in the real comics where he goes just away to find himself for a few years. And uh, when he comes back, Hitler's won the war and everything is destroyed everywhere. And Superman's like, this isn't what I asked for. Like, what, what's happened? Are you- what, did, what did you guys do? I was gone for like a minute. Yeah, so... it. It sort of uh, gives a spotlight into, you know, Superman kind of second-guessing what happened during this. And um, during this book, he's also trying to combat a, I, I guess you'd call them terrorists, but it's essentially the, the freedom fighters trying to gain back a foothold in America and gain back, you know, what America once was. So how this all ties into the multiverse is uh, there's a meeting of the freedom fighters where it's uncle Sam and a few other people um, hanging out down uh, just underground, trying to figure out how to gain back a foothold in America. And sure enough, one of those Dr. Savannah show up and he's like, listen, I can help you guys out. You could totally get back America. It's, it's, it's doable. Let's, let's do it guys. Yay. America. (laughs) I have a secret plan. So um, that's how it essentially ties in. Because if you remember in previous, I believe it was last issue with uh, the, all of the Savannas working together, their, <laughs> their thing is that how they're going to uh, become the ultimate rulers is by working together, bringing all the Savannas together and taking out all the superheroes before they can do anything. So it, this is giving the opening into further issues, but... Um, it's, it's a very cool book just from the original, uh, plot line of the freedom fighters trying to take back, uh, America. Um, the, the one part that was awesome was when the human bomb is actually captured and put into the, I believe they call it the nest. 
in yes. uh, this book, which is the JLA uh, watch station. And the watchtower, the watchtower yeah. thank you. And it, they're like beating the shit out of the human bomb, and uh, you know, they're uh, trying to interrogate him. The human bomb's not giving up anything, so it gets to the point where you know, I think it's Aquaman and Batman are talking, and they're like, All right, let's let's go back and see if we can get anything else out of him. And the human bomb just blows open the prison door, and he's like, Bitch, please, I was in control the <laughs> whole time, I'm made of energy, your shit didn't hurt, motherfucker. And uh, they're like, oh no, this is this is not good. And he takes off one of his uh, gloves and he just blows a hole in the space station, <laughs> and it comes crashing down into like Earth. I think like right into Metropolis. And Superman's trying to stop it, or um, I'm sorry, not Superman, Overman in this book. And um, he starts having flashbacks into like, do I really want to do this? Is is this? me saving this is this really going to be for the better and i mean it starts saying like you know his his ideals are faltering you know his hope for this world is isn't what it used to be he just doesn't have the strength to save it and he lets it crash well he doesn't let it crash but he just doesn't have the strength or belief in himself to stop this space station from crashing into earth so he lets it crash right into metropolis and one of the last um uh, scenes is of him just kneeling in a uh, basic, uh, I guess, atomic wasteland of what a, a metropolis once was, and I'm like, damn, that this is this is a good book. This is probably one of the more, um, like, I I'd say, realer books, like, uh, sort of closer to depressing because, um, it gives an interesting look at you know this character that you know, for our side, you know, if regular superman is really an unbreakable like will he doesn't get deterred easily in this book the whole book is him being very melancholy about everything you know his wife that he has in this book is very um materialistic his um his allies don't see things the same way he, uh he does like batman brunhilda um unterwaterman they they're all like yeah <laughs> nazis are awesome and everything and the war was totally cool and we kicked so much ass high five and superman's like ah, i don't know about that this it's not cool guys they're like no it was totally cool man like we we did all this shit and he's like i I was there. Really, really wasn't that cool. I don't. I don't know if this is shit to high five over. Genocide isn't really, really. You know what we should be happy about. And they're like, no, no, man. You, you just don't get it. You, you just get out of here. Go, go, go. Do your Superman stuff. So, yeah, you know, it, it it's a very interesting take on, uh, Superman. And I, I thought it was a fantastic book. Um, it, it, the the art was great. Uh, and Grant Morrison again, just what he's doing with this, um, with this, uh, what would we call this? I guess storyline. It's not really an arc. It's a totally different thing. Yeah, it it's, and it it's an event. Event. But... Yeah, that's I guess the word I'm looking for. But I mean, this is definitely gonna go down. If he keeps this up, this will definitely go down as one of those books that's a must read in the DC universe. This will go up there with. Uh, you know, Batman Year One, um, uh, Blackest Night, all those books, it will be up there with it, I guarantee it. Especially, like I said, if Morrison can keep 
this pace and um, feeling going, there is no doubt in my mind that this is going to be one of those books. Well, and he should be able to. I mean, it's been it's been so good so far, and there's only two issues left. There's the Ultra Comics one, um, which is next month, and then in April is uh, Multiversity number two, and then that's it. So, I mean, the the momentum has been really strong throughout this entire series, and it's just you're right. I, it's just been so good. This book was insane. Like it, it starts with Hitler taking a shit and gets weirder from there, you know? And I, I think, and I might be wrong here cause I haven't read a lot of his stuff recently, but this might be the best that Jim Lee's artwork has been. Oh dude. Top in, notch. Yeah, man. In years. I, I have like to his agree. art was killer in this book. It's, and I'm not a big Jim Lee fan. Like, he draws pretty pictures, but usually his storytelling and anatomy leaves a lot of uh, a lot to be desired for me anyway. Well, but not so much in this. Yeah, book. I mean, going back to when the new Fifty Two first started up, he was uh, the opening artist on Justice League. No. Yeah. It, it was it was nice looking, but he has like he's been around so long. His arts, I don't want to say been copied, but it's a very sort of generic art style. Um, and I, I don't know, like looking at it, I'm like, oh yeah, it's, it's Jim Lee. It's, it's good. There's, you know, it's whatever. But this book, he put so much work into, uh, a lot of the, the lines and everything. I, I was just like, damn, like he, he poured some heart and soul into this. I don't know if it, Morrison was like, listen, Jim, listen, you can't fuck this up. I've been doing too much good work on this for you to fuck this up right now. You gotta, you gotta stick this out, man. And I don't know, maybe pep talk worked, because, I mean, you know, we were talking to uh, Grant Morrison a couple days ago over the phone, Dan and I, and uh, on a, on yeah, a conference yeah, call yeah. while uh, we were all just hanging out, you know, talking about books, and he was like, yeah, listen, I talked to Jim Lee, and, uh, you know, I, I told him, I was like, you can't fuck this up for me, man. Uh, I, this this is going to be what <laughs> makes or breaks me, so uh, you better you better get your A-game on, and Jim Lee brought it. I, I got to say, this was some fantastic work. I, I got to agree, Dan. This was very, very good. Yeah, I, I was really, um, I have been very pleasantly surprised by every issue of this series. Yeah, he, he's not failed us yet, and like I said, two more issues. Hold it out, Grant. We're, we're rooting for you, buddy. Did you, uh, did you read anything else this week? Yeah, I, I was taking a deep breath before I, uh, I went to the other one, because I'm, I'm a little sad Evan's not here for this, because this is, uh, one of his favorite things to talk about, and that's Moon Knight, uh, so I think when we last left off with Moon Knight, it was the sixth issue, fifth or sixth, and we were talking that uh, Warren Ellis wasn't going to be on the book anymore with um, Declan Declan Chavez. Did I get that right? Yeah, Declan Chavez. I think so. Um, Declan, I'm sorry if I got your name wrong. Big fan of the show. Shout out to Declan Chavez or Shavy. Or you yeah. know, hopefully I just got your name right the first time. I'm just gonna go with that. Anyway. We just we usually call like when we when we talk to him we usually just call him DS. Yeah, DS. You so. know, uh, he likes it or yeah, you know, because it's, it's like a Nintendo DS, and he's like, I want to be like a Nintendo <laughs> DS. Who doesn't want to be like a Nintendo DS? So you know, there's that. <laughs> but uh, the the <laughs> the book transferred over uh, ownership to Brian Wood, and uh, let me just get the art real quick. Um, Greg Smallwood. I just want to make sure I had that right. Um. 
they they've had some different artists on the book. Uh, Declan Chavez actually been um, on a bunch of the covers still, and Jordi Belair uh, has actually done a bunch of stuff too, which is really really awesome. I mean, she's just such a great artist anyway. But yeah. Um, so when we last read Moon Knight, it was basically you know these one off stories that were really crazy. You wanted to read the next one and everything, and it was. It was bad shit. Like it, it was, it was so hectic, and he stuffed all this story into one issue, and Warren Ellis made it work. Uh, Brian Wood didn't try to copy that, which probably was for the better. Why, why try to do something that another writer did so good? Be yourself. Do, do something else. And I mean, Brian Wood can't do that. He's, he's fucking Brian Wood. Shout out to Brian Wood. Big fan of the show. Um, so. Uh, how how this works is that Brian Wood made an actual story out of it, but not an insanely tight follows the track story. It's more like there's these one shots and it ties into a bigger story, which he'll get to in the final issue of the book. And that's what ends up happening. Uh, the first two issues is the Black Knight comes back, I believe that's his name. Uh, as another from another character's standpoint, it's basically a copycat, and Moon Knight dispatches him without any any trouble. Uh, then it goes to a bomb threat in a hotel or not hotel. Uh, it's actually in the Freedom Tower, so you know shits shits getting pretty real. Moon Knight stops it, but he actually maims the the bomber uh and it, the problem was he let his one of his alter egos kind of take over it wasn't mark specter doing it it was another alter ego named lockley and it kind of got him in some hot water and his doctor that he talks to in this uh these books slated for him to be reprimanded and uh, arrested and uh held for psychiatric evaluation uh little do we know that the doctor has a plan of her own. She's actually, uh, besides being his doctor, she's actually the daughter of a very like high-ranking official in like African government, and she's actually trying to get someone assassinated. And to do that, she needs to steal um, Mark Spector's powers. Now, I don't know how exactly this works, but uh, by like hypnotizing him and going into his head. Uh, she ends up, uh, what, what's what I'm looking for, the word? She ends up sort of, like, bribing the, the, his deity, Khonshu, into being like, listen, I'm all about vengeance and shit. I, I want to take out some bad people <laughs> and whatnot. Why don't you hang out with me for a while? And Khonshu's like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's not too bad. This guy's not doing anything anymore. All right. Okay. Let's do it. Let's high five. All right. So straight up high five on the whole vengeance thing yeah so his his powers just basically transfer over to this doctor so she's out on like uh, a a rampage trying to take down this uh one african official who's trying to bring um her her father's old old country i guess into the u.n uh and by doing that, she'd lose all her money and ownership of the uh, the country and whatever she was left. So she has to kill this official. And she tricks Khonshu by saying that, oh, when I was a girl, um, you know, he, he destroyed my homeland 
and you know he he raped and murdered my mother and killed my father and it was terrible meanwhile not saying that they were rich or anything or that her dad was an asshole and you know stole all the money from this this country um so Kanchu believes her and that's why he 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 leaves Mark Spector so Mark actually ends up digging up all this uh, shit while being captured and stuff, and it's it's a fucking nuts book what happens to him in all the span of, I think, like, four issues. Like, he gets, uh, he ends up getting detained first because there's an assassination attempt on the official from uh, this doctor, and he ends up uh, foiling the plot, but he ends up getting arrested in the meantime. So they put him on some fucking jail that's in a aircraft carrier, and like he he ends up escaping and jumping out of the plane and whatnot and he he starts um he has like i guess a connection to his own sort of oracle-esque character so he calls in for some help and he's like listen i need you to dig up dirt on this girl i need to confront her and i'm going to going to get her right now so he ends up using the last of his uh money that like hasn't been frozen uh by the government after he's captured to uh, find the doctor, uh, convince Conchu that, like, listen, she's not what she was saying she was. Come back to me. Let's fucking end this. Uh, let's, let's save this official who's trying to do good by his country. You know, if, if we don't do this, there's going to be a lot of people who pay. You know, uh, Africa will go back into conflict. Um, you know, there, there'll be a lot of riots, so much killing, and we can't have that. You know, this country's worked so far. So... It it gives a sight to um sort of this duality to Mark Spector because essentially he's talking to himself this whole time. You know, for anyone mm-hmm. on the street, there is no conchu there. He's mm-hmm. just talking to the wall. So uh they, they sort of make that apparent in a few frames. Uh and it's it's just cool watching him sort of uh I guess battle him himself or like his inner demons to be like like <laughs> you know I'm I'm a vigilante. I'm about saving people when they need saving. I'm not about vengeance. That's not what I do. And vengeance isn't the right thing, as you could see here. And that's when you start finding out that like she basically lied to this deity uh, or deity, sorry, rather um, about all this this the story that she made up. She's not anything that she said she was. She's just this privileged kid who's fucking mad. She's gonna lose her money. So. Conchu's like, well, what a bitch. Yeah, Conchu's like, I, I think I fucked up. You, you <laughs> friends? Oops. <laughs> so, uh, it it gets to the point where, uh, Mark's got his powers back and everything. He confronts her, kills all the people that were surrounding her, ends up taking her out, frees the um, uh, the 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 official and everything. And the last few pages are good. You know, it's basically saying. You know, so and so is part of the UN now. Uh, you know, this will make for years of uh, peace and everything, and uh, bring new relations to the the United Nations. And uh, it also goes to Mark Spector paying his oracle uh, chick, who he used a lot of her money to kind of get back to America after he fell out of the plane and everything. And it's it's a really cool book. Um. I gotta say, Brian Wood did some awesome stuff in in this book. It, like I said before, you know, Warren Ellis did these crazy one-offs, and they were more gritty and less 
superhero-y. They they had a hint of what you see on the show Arrow when it like first started. He was taking down like corrupt officials and and gangs and stuff. And that's how it was very uh very street level. Right, right. This Brian Wood brought it to a new level where he was using more Mark Spector's money and abilities and friends to do things and it 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 was it was cool. It was it was great. It he brought he brought Moon Knight onto a bigger stage and I I feel like that was the only logical way to go. You couldn't keep doing these uh one-offs where he was just beating up nobodies the entire time. <laughs> so, Warnell's basically made it so that, hey, kid, listen, I made this character cool and shit. Here you go. Make a good story with him. Use the same character. Do what you gotta do. Um, And he did it. He did it great. I, I gotta say, Greg Smallwood also kept the art the way it was. Um, If, if you guys remember, there was this really interesting art style they went with the book where it was all colors and Moon Knight was all white. They're they're white and black. That was it. He was basically just an outline. And I I guess it was that art direction to keep that. And Greg Smallwood did a very good job adaptating that to his own style. And it made for a very, very cool book. And to be honest, I went from one book to the other couldn't even tell that there was a different artist. He did a very good job sort of blending his own style in with the original style that they set up. So I was very impressed with the book, and I'm happy it's still going strong. I hope for many, many more issues of this book. Yeah, I hope so too. I I love Moon Knight. Not as much as, uh, well, as Evan, because I don't think anybody loves Moon Knight as much as Evan. But the character is, is really awesome, and... He's hard he's hard to keep momentum for because you're dealing with a lot of shit. Like the multiple personality disorder thing is really cool, but if you don't have a really clever writer on there, it it just becomes a muddled just a muddled mess, man. And like Warren Ellis is smart enough to be able to handle that that thing and and Brian Wood is certainly smart enough to handle that thing. Not everybody is. And you're right. I hope Moon Knight stays around for for quite a while cuz he is just a really interesting, really cool character. Totally. And I I I get what you're saying. It's tough to keep a character like that around because it's so easy to forget that he does have a multiple personality disorder and you could just sort of make him like a Batman-esque type thing and there are enough characters out there like that. So you have to... There are enough characters where we see their their attributes. There need to be more characters where you can see their flaws and Mark Spector is one of those characters where he is flawed and while he does do good things, there has to be this this blaring fault to him where you can sort of understand why you know he he is the way he is and you know he's sort of a solo act and that's this is what he does and why and the brian wood and warren Ellis have made it abundantly clear that mark specter is is a loose cannon to a point and that you know he's not exactly to be trusted to his full extent so it makes her a very interesting character and i'm really happy they're taking advantage of that that plot point yeah, it's it, it's a good book, man. It's a really really solid book. It's really 
it's one of those books where every month it is, it may not be the best book on the stands, but it is definitely one of the most interesting books on the stands. Speaking of interesting, I think we got one more thing to talk about, Dan. You ready for this? You fucking ready for this? I I don't know. What is this We're thing? talking about Invader Zim. Oh, yeah. So, two days ago, there was a little press release from Oni about bringing back Invader Zim. They are collaborating with Nickelodeon and uh, Jonan Vasquez. Uh, for bringing back this beloved cartoon that really was an underground hit after it went off the air, um, came up real big, and I'm I'm super pumped they're bringing it back. It's supposed to take place somewhere after the cartoon leaves off, so I'm I'm super pumped for it. And again, if Vasquez has anything to do with it, that's good because it's going to have the original mindset of the the cartoon so i i couldn't be happier about this no it was such a good show invaders it was such a, just a a brilliant brilliant show and like of of course it wasn't successful during its original run because things like that never are like that's not that's not a mainstream cartoon you know that that you watch that and you go what the fuck is going on no way this can stay on Nickelodeon. And, you know, it made it, um, made it like two seasons, I think. Uh, two or I think, three. Like, I think was, yeah. And, like, I, w- I was reading an interview with Vasquez the other day, and he was like, you know, it's weird because everybody else has no idea what has been happening to Invader Zim, you know, since the show went off the air. And he's like, it's it's weird for me because I do... But then I have to remember that not everybody's in my head with me, so we're going to put it out there. And this is just, you know, I'm just going to tell the story, the the continuation of of Zim being just a fucking lunatic, and, and Gurr and Dib and Gaz and all of these just really interesting and, and fantastic little characters. It, oh God, I'm I'm really excited for it. I'm really really excited for this. As book. am I, man. As am I. Uh, so that'll be out July first, twenty fifteen. So in a few short months, this book will be out. Actually, right before you know, you know what that'll be. Uh, right before Dan. What's Garden that? State Comic Fest. Oh yeah, I've heard about that. Best segue ever. Oh man, that was a good one. That was that was, yeah. Chris is no longer king of segways. Ha, fuck you, Randazzo. <laughs> All right, so basically, guys, what we're trying to tell you is that you should probably show up to the Garden State Comic Fest. It's going to be great. There's going to be tons of stuff going on there, amazing artists, fantastic panels. It's going to be bigger than last year. Uh, they got a new place for it. We're going to Men in Arena in Morristown, New Jersey. It's going to be freaking awesome. Uh, I believe tickets are already... They they might already be on sale, and there are a few tables left if you still want to be a vendor or a guest of some capacity. Check on their website for all details, and of course, uh, all this is, is uh, subject to change uh, because this goes up a little later than when we talk. So, if uh, if there's no tables, sorry, this show's just that awesome. Sorry, you should, yeah, you should have gotten in on it earlier. Yeah. Yeah, we've been telling you for weeks. We haven't tell. We've been telling you for a long time. So yeah, you guys should know by now. This is this is this is you life. Should have better known better. Yes, yes. So 
if, if you guys uh, didn't already know, Garden State Comic Fest, the 24th and 25th of July. It'll be fantastic. We'll be there. Uh, we're we're gonna have we're gonna have a table and shit, and we're gonna be walking around and everything. And and we'll sign your issues of Invader. Yeah, Zim. totally. I mean, because we had stuff to do with that. I mean, yeah, it's not like you'd want Jonan Vasquez to sign. I mean, who even is that guy, Dan? Who is Jonan Vasquez? Why are we even talking about him? I don't even know. He's not a big fan of the show. Ah, fucking Jonan Vasquez, not a big fan of the show. Two thumbs down. <laughs> Two nubs down. <laughs> Two nubs down to Yonid Vasquez. All right, so uh, let, let's uh, let's wrap this up. Everything's gonna be in the show notes. That's that's the way I'm doing it from now on. It's simple. You wanna you wanna check out our our website? It's gonna be in the show notes. You wanna check out the comics we were talking about? Show notes. You wanna see naked pictures of Dan? Well, those won't be in the show notes. Uh, he keeps those private. So sorry, everyone. You don't get to see his burliness. Right. You're gonna have to hack my shit. Yeah, sorry, not happening. He he's uh he's hundred percent hacker proof. So I am. So besides that, everything else will be in the show notes. <laughs> uh I, I, I believe we're done, Dan. Do you have anything else you want to mention? I, I think you got something to mention. Uh well, yeah, there's uh there's some new articles up on geekade.com, why I love wrestling. I've got my predictions for and this won't be up today, so uh, you can check back in a day or two and see if I was right on what was going to happen at WWE's Fastlane, uh, their pay-per-view for the month of February. And there's also a new article up, Why I Love Wrestling with Candice LeRae, the official Geek Aid's favorite wrestler. Yes, yes, voted and true Geek Aid's favorite wrestler. So Candice LeRae... Her wrestling tights are a Game yep. Boy. Candice LeRae, biggest fan of the show. Uh quite possibly representing us in any wrestling capacity. She really is badass. Of course. She, she is my favorite female wrestler. She's like, she might be my favorite wrestler, like, period. She's amazing. I, I would have to agree. She's, she's pretty awesome. So with that, I think we're going to end it. Uh, remember, guys, check back with us next week where we have more comics, jokes, and more here at the Paper Cuts Podcast. Have a good week, everyone. Peace.